Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. I hope you're having a good day and I hope you're digging deep into our study this month, month seven of our The Ten Study 2020-2021. I hope that you're enjoying it. You know, this month's study, though, is a really hard one to enjoy. Thou shalt not commit adultery. When we see what the devil's doing in our society with this sin of the sins of fornication and adultery, and we're going to take a couple of digabits now and kind of distinguish between the sin of fornication and adultery. We're going to talk about pornography in the next two editions of our digabits. And then this first one, I want us to just look at Matthew 5, 28 and talk about the sin of pornography. And then in the next one, I want us to look at Matthew 19, 9 and determine whether or not pornography is a part of the exclusive reason Jesus gives in Matthew 19, 9 for divorce and remarriage. We're going to kind of divide these digabits into into those two categories. So pornography in Matthew 5, 28, what Jesus says, beginning in verse 27, is you've heard that it was said by those of old time, that is in the old covenant, thou shalt not commit adultery. And he's quoting there. He's quoting from our very text in Exodus 20, verse 14, the seventh commandment. And it's also found, of course, in Deuteronomy 5, verse 18. And then he says, But I say unto you, this is Jesus, that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. It's a very serious thing for men to intentionally look on a woman to lust after her. And we're going to talk about the serious seriousness of that sin in our next dig a bit as well. I think it's important for us to recognize when pornography is an addiction. Now, I'm going to talk maybe primarily about the addiction that men have to pornography, and I'm going to just posit that because of the way that God made us, the way that He made men visually stimulated on a far bigger level than women. I'm going to mostly be talking about how we can help our husbands to overcome the pornography addiction. But I realize that women can be addicted to pornography. So I'm going to ask you to apply this wherever it's needed, if it is needed in your home. When is looking on a woman to lust after her an addiction? When does pornography become an addiction? Well, I think that's really an easy thing for Christians to answer. If I am viewing pornography... And if I ask myself the question, how difficult is it for me to stop? Well, I'm just going to make a vow to God as a Christian. I'm going to look at this passage and realize that that's a serious sin. And I'm just going to make a vow to God and say, I'm done with this sin. I will not view pornography anymore in my life as a Christian man or woman. Well, if, if I make that commitment... And I'm pretty good for a little while, a few days, or maybe even a few weeks. But then I find myself 
clicking on that pornography again on my computer or opening up that salacious book about Fifty Shades of Grey again if I find myself entrapped in that sin so that I'm not keeping my oath to God, then I'm going to say that that is an addiction and it's an addiction for which I need to seek help. I need to seek accountability. I'm married to Glenn Colley, who is a regular mentor or um, he is the accountability partner for has been for many men who have been addicted to pornography. And I have been the accountability partner for some women. But I want to say, first of all, that the accountability partner is not the most important thing about overcoming pornography. The most important thing is the commitment that one has to doing that, to overcoming. You have to want to. Addiction is not going to help you if you're trying to please someone else by getting an accountability partner or you are figuring out ways that you can report back into your accountability partner with deception and go ahead and continue in the sin. You have to decide that you want more than anything else to overcome the addiction, to completely stop and protect your marriage and your own purity of mind. So the importance of the commitment can't be overstated. But once you want to overcome that sin, then I'm just going to say that there is a path that works for anyone who wants to overcome the sin. And I believe that that path is a path of seeking and being accountable to another person who can help you overcome that sin, as well as, of course, constant prayer and Bible study. So how do I do that? Well, I'm just going to explain to you how my husband keeps men accountable as they transition from being addicted to pornography to being completely free of that sin. And the way that he does that is by having them report in daily to him for at least a year. He draws up a contract and that included in that contract is that I will not intentionally view pornography anymore. I will not. And then each day between, let's say around lunchtime, he gives them an hour leeway during the day between 12 and 1, let's say. These men are going to call in to him. They're going to try to do it. Sometimes it it requires a text, but he asks that they try to actually do a voice call between the hours of, say, 12 and 1, and simply say, I am 100%. Now, the contract says that when I say, I am 100%, then that means I have not viewed pornography in the last 24 hours since I last spoke with you at all. Now, the reason that he makes them just say, I am 100% is because many of these men are Christian men who are in the business world and they're having lunch with cohorts or they're um, sitting at the desk with other people. And when they say, I'm 100%, then that doesn't um, make them uncomfortable. That doesn't 
um, reveal to anyone around them the problem with which they're struggling. So I am 100% means I have not viewed pornography in the last 24 hours. And they do this for an entire year at a minimum. And then they don't just stop calling cold turkey. They, um, if they feel comfortable, if they feel confident that they are overcoming this sin, that it is becoming less and less of a problem, then they might begin to call once a week and then taper off to once a month. And finally, they've overcome this sin. That doesn't mean they'll never be tempted again. That doesn't mean that there will never be instances when the longing look might be a little bit longer than they wanted it to be, but they are not going to intentionally view scantily clad women or naked women anymore. And when they get to the point where they feel confident, then they can stop calling altogether. Many of the men, though, that call my husband want to keep talking. They want to keep calling every day for much longer than a year, Um, some of them three or four years, because they just want to have that added security for their wives. Sometimes their wives uh, want them to call maybe when they are on a business trip rather than being home with the family. And whatever is needed, that's what the accountability partner, of course, is for. It's a great, great feeling to be free of the shackles of a sin that has been addictive. Uh, When I'm involved in a sin that is of an addictive nature, then of course I'm giving, I have given a part of myself to Satan rather than remaining holy in God's eyes. So it is a very serious thing. I wanted to go ahead and say this too, that um, you need to choose for your accountability partner, someone who is not a, a peer, a friend, someone who is with whom you are extremely comfortable. It's not your fishing buddy. It's not somebody your same age uh, in the congregation that you um, play ball with or whatever it might be. It's going to be somebody that you really have a great respect for. It's going to be somebody that you look up to and that you really almost revere. It's someone that you almost fear. Someone that you really don't want to disappoint. I would encourage you not to choose a family member. I would encourage you to choose someone that um, you really, really don't want to disappoint for your accountability partner. I think that's about what I wanted to say in this particular dig a bit. In the next one, we're going to look at is that longing look that is described as looking on a woman to lust after her by Jesus in Matthew 5, 28. Is that the pornea? Is that the fornication of Matthew 19, 9? And if my husband is looking at pornography, then do I have a right to put him away and remarry? That's the question of our next dig a bit. So I hope you can join us and I hope you have a great day in the Word.